Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hi there. We are finishing up our study from John 14 of the place where Jesus was going to prepare for his people. We are given comfort. We are given hope. We are given a longing, really, for heaven as we read Jesus' words to his apostles here. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. I don't really know for sure that there's more hurting in the world at this point than there have been in other points in our history. I don't know if this is the most hurt that has been felt in our century even, but I do know that in my little world and the people with whom I come in contact, and maybe it's this way in your corner of the world too, there's a lot of suffering going on right now. There are people who are facing persecution in ways that they've never felt before. There are people who are suffering the loss of loved ones, even young loved ones, to COVID and other diseases. There are people who are suffering physical pain. And there are many who are just despairing because of spiritual and emotional conflicts that are occurring in their lives. For that reason, because many diggers have reached out to me saying, I'm hurting, please pray for me. I want us to pray together as we begin today, this last dig a bit from John 14. Father, we pray that like your apostles, you will let not our hearts be troubled. We do believe in you, Father, Jehovah, God, the Father. And we believe in the physical manifestation, the incarnation of your son, Jesus. We trust and believe that in your house are many rooms, many mansions. And we know that Jesus would have told us that that is not the case if that were not the case. Jesus said that he went to prepare a place for us. Father, how comforting it is that Jesus has gone to fix our room. Sometimes when we have company, we fix a place for them. Jesus is fixing a place for us in heaven. And when we suffer here in this lifetime, when we go through difficult things, it is so comforting for us to know that that was the purpose of Jesus as he returned to the Father. One purpose, one purpose was advocacy, but one purpose was to prepare a place, and to make sure that we knew the way. And he goes on to tell us that, to tell the apostles here that he wasn't going to leave them comfortless, that he was going to give them the Holy Spirit. And we're thankful for the Spirit. We are thankful for the Word that we can read that that indeed encapsulates is the Word of the Holy Spirit. We are thankful for the Holy Spirit because it tells us the way so that Jesus could say, You know the way. We're so thankful for that. We're thankful that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And knowing, Father, that nobody can come to you but by him, we would pray, Father, 
that we would search out souls that are willing to listen around us and help them to come to you by the way. If we know Jesus, if we study these Gospels as we're doing, we know that we know you. And we pray that we will grow to be more and more and more and more like Jesus. We believe, Father, that he is in you and that you are in him. And we believe that because of the works that he did that are verifiable in so many ways as we look at Scripture. And we are thankful, Father, for the answer to our prayers. We beseech you on behalf of those who are hurting for all of these reasons that we've just mentioned. And we pray, Father, that you will help us to be an alleviation of pain as we can in the lives around us. And Father, we pray that you will bless us with personal health, with health in our families, but most of all with spiritual health for ourselves and those that we influence. We are so thankful for digging deep. We are thankful, Father, most of all for Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that shows us the way, that is the truth, and that is the life. Help us to have that life eternally. Through Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, you probably can tell that I'm stopped up right now. I have, I'm at home, of course, doing this dig a bit. But I have been out of the house earlier today to have a nose swab. And I know that most of you have had those and they're not comfortable to see if you had the COVID virus. And um, I don't know. My test was inconclusive. And so they have quarantined me until further notice, until I get the send-off test returned. And so I am going to stay home for the next couple of days. But it gives me a chance to uh, do some things that I really need to do. I am not at home alone. I um, have other people in the house, and they have already been exposed, so it's okay for them to continue to be here. I also have somebody with COVID in my cabin. It is everywhere. It is all around us. But we are thankful that it seems like this variant is not as deadly as the previous variant, although it is uh, seemingly more contagious. And we are, I am continuing in prayer for all of those people who are affected. In the end of our lesson here, month five, we talk about the works of Jesus and how they documented the words of Jesus. And we know from verse 11 of John 14 that that was the purpose of the signs. It says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. But if you don't believe what I say, this verse says, believe me for the very work's sake. There is a very important principle that's in that verse. In that verse is the principle that always is true of New Testament signs. That is, miracles of the New Testament. They were always done to confirm the spoken or written word of those who were inspired by God. Always, Jesus Christ, his words were sealed, shown to be authentic 
by the miracles that he did. People believed on him because they saw Lazarus being raised from the dead, and that was so powerful that the Jews said, we've got to put Lazarus to death even in John 11. We've got to put, in in 12, we've got to put Lazarus to death because people are believing on this Jesus Christ because of the works that he is doing that are undeniable. Miracles in the New Testament. Just get this if you don't get anything else this month. Miracles in the New Testament were always done to confirm the word. Sure, there were extra benefits. There were benefits of health for those people who were healed. There were benefits of full tummies for those people who were fed. There were social benefits when the water was turned to wine at the wedding feast. There were extra benefits that, and compassion was shown. I am not denying that. But the reason for the works was always to confirm the word, to show the way of salvation. That's um, just something that's so important as we talk about John 14, because verse 11 shows us the reason for the signs. Just believe me because of the signs that I'm doing. I want to verify this from, and it can be verified all over the New Testament, this principle that the signs were always done to confirm the word. But from the end of the book of John, it says there that there are many, verse 25 of chapter 21, there are many other things that Jesus did. And if I, sh- if I should write everyone, I suppose that even the world itself couldn't contain the books that should be written. You know, we don't even have a record of all of the things that Jesus did that proved that he was the Christ. But these are written, John said, that you may believe that Jesus is, this is verse 31 of chapter 20, but these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. What things were written so that we might believe? Verse 30, many other miracles truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which aren't written in this book. Jesus did the miracles that we read about in the book of John, but so many more. And he did them so that the words that he was that Jesus had spoken, would be believed. They were for the purpose of confirming his word. In Acts chapter 2, his disciples, his apostles, were presenting the gospel of Christ, the news of the, bur- of the death, burial, and resurrection, and of salvation, Acts 2.38, through baptism and, the remiss- and repentance for the remission of sins, for the very first time. The gospel was being presented. But what was it that made the people there sure that the words they were hearing were true? Well, the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles. And as the Holy Spirit came on the apostles, they were able to speak with other languages as the Holy Spirit was speaking through them. And the people were amazed and marveled, saying, 
these people are all Galileans and we're hearing every man in our own language wherein we were born. It was the miracle that made the people turn around and look and say, wait a minute, these men are from God. And then it was the testimony of the ultimate miracles. Many, many things did Jesus as you yourselves also know. Verse 22, you men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by what? Miracles. God proved Jesus was his son by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the middle of you. As you yourselves also know, people were standing there who witnessed the the resurrection of Jesus. There were 500 people who saw him at one time after his resurrection. Why? Why did Jesus need to be seen? Because Acts 2 was going to happen. And Peter was going to need to say, as you yourselves also know. Jesus came up out of the grave, he said, verse 23 and 24. And you know it. Verse 32, this Jesus has God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. It wasn't done in a corner. It wasn't a secret thing. It was a miracle. And it was vastly published so that people would believe what the apostles were going to say in Acts chapter 2. And the gospel would, would have its launching based on the miracles that were done to confirm the word. In Acts 10 and 11, Cornelius is there. And you remember, Peter didn't want to go tell him the gospel And the Jews back in Jerusalem surely didn't want to believe that a Gentile was going to be admitted into God's special New Testament Israel. They did not want to believe that. But what was it that convinced them? It was that the Holy Spirit fell on Cornelius just as it had done at the beginning. And that's in Acts 2. It says, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the miraculous Holy Spirit just like we did? Every single time that the signs and wonders were done, they were done so that the words that were being spoken could be accepted as being authentic. That has a great bearing on us today. That has a great bearing on what we view what we term Pentecostalism today. The miracles in the Pentecostal, miraculous, those who tout miracles today are not the same. You don't see someone coming from the dead today. You don't see a Lazarus. You don't see Lazarus. You don't see the the widow of Nain's son coming forth. You don't see Jairus's daughter getting well. You don't see a man who's been in the grave four days coming forth today. You don't see those kind of miracles. Why not? Well, the truth is that we don't have any supernatural occurrences today because this word that we hold in our hands has already been confirmed. It's in a book now. We don't, when someone comes to us and starts preaching something about Jesus, We don't have to have a miracle to know if he's telling the truth. 
God wants us to have faith. And faith comes by, Romans 10, 17, hearing the word of God. So we go and verify it by looking in the Bible. We go and verify what is being said by looking in the scriptures to see if what they are, if what their spirit says agrees with what the spirit says. How could Jesus say then that the disciples would do greater works than Christ himself had done? Well, they couldn't do a greater work than being raised from the dead after three days. That's, that's the pinnacle of greatness. But there's another sense in which their works were greater. Their works were greater in that they, they would be more numerous because, well, obviously 12 of them would be doing works. And then they would be passing on by the laying on of hands, Acts 8, to other people to be able to do miracles. So they would be greater in number. They would be multiplied in number. And then also they would be greater in their lasting effect. I mean, in their, in the years that they actually would be performed and the lives that they would affect. Think about this with me. The apostles had the ability to pass on the gifts. We've talked about that many times through the laying on of hands, and we can prove that pretty much from Acts 8. There are many other passages, but that's how the gifts were passed on. If John lived to be an old man, which history tells us he did, and he was the last living apostle, and history tells us that he was, well, if he lived to be an old man, let's say um, 90 years old, and he was the last man to be able to pass along the gifts, then perhaps he was a younger man even than Jesus was. So let's say that 60 years after Jesus died, John was still able to pass along these gifts. And some of those people were two young people who would live another 60, 70, 80 years. I just think that when you think about the length of time, the many years that these gifts would last, and the numerous people who had the ability to not pass on but to perform miracles, then in that way, the works were greater, greater in scope than the works of Jesus Christ himself. I hope that that's helped with numbers 14 and 15 of our month five, but most of all, I hope it's helped us understand a principle that's very important as we look at the religious world today, and that is that All of the miraculous was always done in order to confirm the truth of words that were being spoken by inspired people. In 1 Corinthians 13, we read that the miraculous would be done away when the perfect has come. The only explanation that fits with the context there is that the miraculous would be done away when that which is perfect, the word which we have today, was come. Though I speak with the tongues, languages of men and angels, and don't have love, I'm like a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, that's the miraculous, and understand all mysteries, that's the miraculous, and have all knowledge, that's the miraculous. And though I have all faith so that I can move mountains and don't have love, I'm nothing. And though I give all my goods to feed the poor, that's not miraculous. And though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it it profits me nothing. And then he gives the description of love. 
And then he says, now we know in part. Actually, verse 8, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will be done away. Where there are languages, they will stop. Where there is knowledge, miraculous knowledge, it'll be done away. For now, Paul said, we, we just know in part. And we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, the whole prophecy, the whole truth, then that which is in part will be done away. I love it. First Corinthians 13 is pretty crystal clear. The miraculous is going to fade away in deference to that which is perfect, the fully confirmed truth of God's Word. We have it all. We don't have to depend on someone coming to tell us what God wants us to do and us testing to see if there's a miracle. We don't have to do that. When someone comes to tell us what God wants us to do, we look at the Bible, the fully confirmed words of the Holy Spirit. I just want to challenge you to make the fully confirmed words of the Holy Spirit your source of spiritual information. Don't make it your parents. Don't make it your grandparents. Don't make it your church. The fully confirmed words of deity, of the Holy Spirit, the fully confirmed or the fully verified by the miraculous in the first century and maybe going into the second century a little bit, those words are the words of life. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send you a comforter, a helper, the Holy Spirit. And he will guide you into all truth. How did he do that? He did that by the signs and miracles and by the words that he inspired the apostles to write that you're holding in your hand as you're digging deep. I hope you have a great day.